Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Here we go. 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 This is it. Hey, I've got a bell, Sam. Hey. <laughs> I've got a hotel reception bell. And, hey, uh, and every time production values are on the app on this show. Absolutely. Every time something happens that pleases me more than usual. Oh, yeah. I've got to ring the bell. Yes. And if be, it, of course. And if it pleases me a lot, I'll ring it twice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bloody hell. I feel under pressure now, mate. Nah, you're all right. It'll be fine. You know what I'm like? Um... Because I was left by abandoned by my father when yeah. I was still a baby, mm, yeah. I am always, always. My life has been one big search for approval yeah, at yeah. all times. You know this. <laughs> yeah. In many ways, you know this better than anyone. Yeah. And now you've introduced a bell to this. You, that's just going to trigger all of my worst instincts. Because now I'm not going to be happy unless you're giving me like triple bells for everything I say. It's going to bring you got out- a problem with that. Take it out with my dad, although he's probably busy preparing his next defence for a court appearance. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it was designed to bring out the needy, attention-seeking baby man mm. within you. Yeah. And uh, let's hope it's going to escalate this podcast to new levels of uh, stupidity. Before we go any further, I have what I can only describe as a public information announcement. Right, and that is that. This we're recording this on the morning of Friday, the thirtieth of November, two thousand eighteen. Yeah. So this might yeah. not apply for people listening to in the future, but yeah. right now, Asda and Morrison's are knocking out litre bottles of Baileys for a tenner. Well, you got to stock up now. I mean, Christmas is around the corner, and you can bet those prices will go up again within, within like a within, fortnight, within days. I reckon it's just over the weekend. Yeah. This this is when you well, know Christmas my, has started, isn't it? My mum. And my niece are f- fucking mad for Bailey's, and I, I even though I don't drink myself, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna cash in on that. Why yeah, of course I? you will. It's it's just a cheap present, isn't it, for everyone who doesn't yeah, love Bailey's apart great. from those who don't drink. Mm. Well, there you go. I thought I'd, I thought I'd bring that to the nation, and you know, yeah. Well, it's been a big week all round, really, for the nation, hasn't it? Because on top of this Bailey's offer, um, I think Andy, mm. I want to get this out of the way quickly because I'll forget it if not. I think that football reached peak football this week. <laughs> Did it? <laughs> yeah, what happened? It reached peak it reached peak football on Tuesday night mm-hmm. when the best thing ever happened. Aston Villa five, Nottingham Forest yes. five. Yes. Have I seen this game? No. Have nope. I seen any of the goals? No. No. Nope. But Same. I saw it, I caught wind of it on Twitter and I couldn't believe it was true. And I went on, I saw it. And everything about that to me is what's great about football. Mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, just the fixture itself sounds good. Aston Villa versus Nottingham Forest. Two, Do you know what I mean? Two European Cup winners of the past. Yeah, yeah. of a similar era. Mm-hmm. There's something about that as a matchup that I can't explain why sends tingles down my spine. 
it was the sort of game that when my brothers and I had a uh, immense Sabutio league in the 80s, which was eventually shut down because of violence. The uh, <laughs> who it, shut it, was, it down? It was, who my shut? Mum. Oh, not like so the authorities, not the council. Yeah, you know, well, it would have got like like that. There were so many fights, <laughs> and you know the the best one was my mum. There was a, a fight broke out over a disputed goal, right? And a beer got a can of Tenant Super got knocked over the astroturf, which was the Fuck. expensive pitch. Yeah, you know, of you got a cloth pitch with yeah. the set. Yeah. This was like the AstroTurf one that had no bumps or wrinkles did, you, in you it. You didn't have to iron the AstroTurf before you played, no. did you? It, it allowed for a it allowed for a much smoother game. Yeah. And uh, so it went the tenant super that someone's doing. We used to have a crowd on a Sunday. Mm-hmm. They'd cram into my mum's kitchen, mm-hmm. and so it would feel like a cauldron atmosphere. Yep. And there'd be a number of fixtures for that week. And everyone who wasn't playing would watch. And some people weren't even in the league, but they'd come and watch anyway. And everyone would be on the beers and whatnot. And I was just a kid, but my brothers were all like in their like late teens. And it got fucking aggressive because people were drunk. And so it was like being at the football. And there was there was a lot of pushing and shoving, as Roy Keane would say. I can't quite remember. I think there was some pushing and shoving, right? And that happened a lot. And tensions would run high, especially as we got towards the end of the season. And I, the reason I bring it up is because I was Nottingham Forest because mm. my older brother bagged Bagsied West Ham, and so I, I for some reason was Forest, so I had a soft spot for them under Clough, and uh, and someone else was Villa, so that was a recurring fixture. Anyway, the 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 beer went over on the pitch, a fight broke out, the players got someone swept the pitch in a dramatic way, swept oh, with their arm, the pitch hell. and the players onto the floor, the dog. Bella yeah. ran from its usual hideout under the table, effectively under the stadium, and started chewing up the players. <laughs> under the stadium. <laughs> yeah. The dog just started giant... eating these plastic players and coughing and choking. And of course, if you, and if then, you, if you, like, if you, couple... if you like, imagine it all to scale, Bella was some kind of mythical giant dog beast yeah, to the like size of dragon. the players. Yeah, living like under the stadium. a big hairy dragon. Living under had, the stadium. Had swooped in and Whoa. started eating... Hang on. Fucking Pete, Peter Davenport <laughs> and a young Nigel Clough. Yay! It gets better. Because what happened was, my mum, who didn't really, despite having scant, despite having four sons who were football and Sabutio obsessed, she didn't really have any understanding of football or Sabutio, right? Right. Um, but she would sometimes take... So she was a bit suspicious of the Sabutio League because it would mess up her kitchen and get in her way every Sunday. Yeah, She did take part, for instance, on FA Cup final day in the Sabutio League. Mm-hmm. We would make her put on her best dress and pretend to be the Queen. <laughs> and we would line up all of our players <laughs> in lines, right? And she would have to genuinely walk along each of the... And bear in mind, right... If I was 10, my brothers would have been 19, 20, right? So they, they were effectively men, but they were complicit in all of this. There's not enough bell. Go, I don't have enough she bell. Would, she would go along the line of little plastic men pretending to shake their hands, <laughs> right? We would be singing, what's that FA Cup fire that abides with men? Yeah, that's right. Right? And she would say... <laughs> And what do you do to each of the players? (laughs) (laughs) 
right? So that was the extent of her involvement, really. It was FA Cup one day. We'd get her to dress up. Oh, and then, dear me. And then this day when the fight broke out, which was towards the end of a season, a subsequent season, she ran in. And two of my brothers were trading blows. And then there was a couple of other, like, little, like, you know, like in a Wild West brawl, there was other fights going yeah. on, a lot of kind of people shoving and pushing. And what my mum did was, and this wasn't the first or only time she did it, she'd scream for us to start. It was hard for her to <clears throat> break up fights when yeah. we were kids because it was four, four guys and she was on her And she would scream for us to stop, start crying. And when no one paid attention, she pretended to faint to distract us, right? Gets gets better though, right? On this occasion, famously, she pretended to faint, lay on the floor for a few moments, realised that no one had noticed, got back up and fainted again. (laughs) (coughs) Oh my God. Uh, Anyway, after that, she banned Sabutio and she packed it all up and put it up in the attic and said no more. And about a year went by and it was Christmas Day, 1989. And... my one of my brothers had a new girlfriend who had been seeing for a few months and she came round on Christmas Day in the evening and to ingratiate herself with the family she brought presents. Ooh. And she had one present that was to all three of his brothers and she had laboured over it. She knew we were close. She had laboured over what to get for yeah. her new boyfriend's brothers. She went, I got you a joint present. I think you're going to like it. And she'd done a lot of thinking, a lot of research. We opened it. She'd splashed out and got us a brand new Italian 90 Sabutio <gasps> World Cup set. And it had a couple of extras in it as well. I don't think it had floodlights, but I think it had those special corner kick takers and special throwing yeah, takers. That I you remember could get. that, yeah. So we opened this up and she looked delighted. She was so excited because she was so convinced she'd got us the best present. But we all looked concerned and she, her face dropped. She went, what? What's the matter? And we all sort of glanced across at my mum. Yeah. It's Christmas Day because <laughs> we thought, what's she going to say? And she looked at us and then she looked at this girl and she could see the girl really wanted us to be happy about the present. So yeah. she just went, all right, it's fine. It's Christmas Day. You can have a couple of games. Well, <laughs> we busted open this kit. Someone, probably me, was dispatched to the attic to get down the Astro turf. right? We set up and we. it wasn't long before we, we'd all been on the Baileys. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't long before we decided that actually, rather than a couple of games, it'd be a good idea to play the entire Italia 90 World Cup. Of course. we all The, the draw had been made. We already knew who the, who the fucking uh, groups were and all the rest of it. So we set the whole thing up. You had to do weird things like, you know, get fucking Sunderland to masquerade as Paraguay That's and fine. so forth because we didn't have all the teams. So we had to play fast and loose with that. Um, How long did each anyway, match last? How long was each half? I think we we usually we did about four minutes each way. Yeah, but it you know you can imagine it went on for fucking ages. I'm not sure what we might have done is skip the group stages. But anyway, <laughs> we started uh, a fight broke out. I think it was Italy versus Germany in a quarter final. It was me versus one of my brothers. A fight broke out. He it was an argument between me and him. But then my other brother in, intervened on my behalf because mm. I was the youngest. And uh, there was some pushing and shoving. The table went over again. Yeah. Right. My mum runs in crying, going, I knew this would happen. The girlfriend who's bought us the stuff is in tears because she thinks it's her fault, which it was. <laughs> the, the dog's having a field day again. I mean, it's fucking deja vu. 
One of my brother's cats, who regular listeners will know, is, course, is, yes. is a particular maverick of the family, right? He's fucking stormed out and gone, fuck this, fuck you all, fuck Christmas, I'm going home. Because by this stage, he'd moved out and was living with his girlfriend. So he stormed out all dramatic. And then 10 minutes later, he sheepishly knocked on the door because he couldn't find his fucking car key. He was too pissed to drive anyway. He spent the next hour going through our rubbish bins looking for a lost car key. Gave up in the end and just fell asleep on the sofa. The worst thing about all of this was, was that this year, for various family reasons going on in his life, my best mate, Ollie, uh, we were about, we would have been 14 at this stage, or he would have been 15, had come round to spend Christmas Day with us because there was a problem in his family and um, we'd invited him round for us. But his dad was supposed to be picking him up in the evening. Now, Ollie's from a much sort of nicer, more well-to-do family home than us, um, <laughs> but he was my best mate. His dad, uh, I can't remember if I've told you this before, I think I have, but his dad... yeah was the legendary broadcaster and yeah. television personality, yeah. Yeah. Steve Jones off the Pyramid Game. <laughs> <laughs> you have told us this before, yeah. Steve Jones off the Pyramid Game is uh, a great man. In some ways, I suppose, was a role model to me growing up. He, a surrogate and, father almost. But, well, in a way. He was as smooth as fucking the smoothest belgian chocolate mm. i mean i don't know if you remember what he was like but he made oh, yeah he made fucking michael aspel look like fucking sid vicious right <laughs> i mean he and he was such a local celebrity around where we lived and at the school and everything that even though i'd known him since i was a toddler mm. you're sort of intimidated by him when steve when you're in the presence of steve jones you want to be your best if Steve Jones was coming to our house to pick up Ollie after we'd been, like, you know, playing together, my mum would tidy up specially because yeah. Steve Jones was coming round, right? So we would make an effort for Steve Jones. But unfortunately, <laughs> on Christmas Day 1989, Steve Jones pulls up in his bottle green Jaguar, oh. right, which he drove everywhere. <laughs> and uh, he knocks on the door of our little council house and someone, I don't know who, it might have been Pancho, our mad Bolivian mate from the flats who, who used to spend Christmas <laughs> Day with us as well. Flats. Pancho from the flats. who's Bolivian, right? He opened the door and he just, he looks like a giant fucking Native American, basically. And he's like, hello, mate. What are you doing here? Right? He doesn't know who Steve Jones is. Pancho never watched a pyramid game, Right. And he goes, oh, and Steve's literally talks like in radio voice all the time. Hi, I'm just here to pick up Ollie. And all he can hear is bang, crash, wallop, fuck off, you can't. There's beer flying everywhere. The dog's running around choking on a fucking plastic figurine of a Sunderland fullback, right? Steve walks in gingerly. My mum's just pissed on Bailey's and crying like she's a mess. There's all makeup down her face. Uh, one of my brothers is just sat on the floor going through rubbish bags, throwing old bits of like turkey everywhere turkey carcass there's still a sort of little half-hearted fight going on and ollie's just sat there looking a bit bewildered but he's probably the coolest out of all of us really because he was sort of used to seeing this shit and um steve walked in and went oh hi uh oh seems like the party's really underway or something brilliant and disarming <laughs> like that because that's steve jones for you in a nutshell yeah and and he sort of made some charming small talk Refused to embarrass my mother by commenting on the fact that she was drunk on Baileys and had <laughs> mascara all down her face. Her house had been smashed to pieces in a mass brawl. 
there was a, a, a an obese Bolivian who seemed to be commandeering things, and he, he just sort of took Ollie by the hand and just led him out back into the green jag, and they whisked away into the darkness. And that, that was Christmas 1989 in my house. It was the night of the great Sabutio meltdown, and genuinely since then, no Sabutio ever again. It, you know what? There's parallels in that story for me between um, English clubs being banned from Europe after Heysel. <laughs> it was which like was around that, the yeah. same time. <laughs> it was like that. But this would have been like, when they lifted the ban, which I think was in like 1991. Yeah. It would have been like, you wait for lifting the ban, saying, right, you've exactly, you you can do it again. And then, us, and then uh, an English club <laughs> immediately causing another Heysel disaster yeah. the next day. So that's what it would have been like and quite understand. I think if you went up into my mum's attic now, the the Sabutio stuff would still be there gathering dust, but it would be like the opening the Ark of the Covenant if you tried to open the <laughs> The ghosts of Christmas past would escape screaming. So, and yeah, best what, just left what, alone. What, what relation has any of this got to Aston Villa versus Nottingham Forest? Because that's where we started. Well, it just reminded me because I remember for in our, in our league that we had, it obviously wasn't a full league. There wasn't enough of us. It was about maybe seven or eight blokes. So it was yeah. a seven or eight team league. And Villa and Forest were two of the prominent teams in that league right. because it was the 80s and those were two of the prominent teams of the time. And I actually was Nottingham <laughs> Forest. That's who I played as. And so when I saw Aston Villa, Nottingham Forest, it <laughs> just triggered memories the of the Sabutio Golden Age. I was like, that's a classic British Grove. That's the name of my mum's street. That's a classic British Grove League fixture. And I look it up 5-1, I'm thinking, that's a Sabutio scoreline right there. Better than a Sabutio scoreline. And if, I mean, 5 um, all. fuck me, what a game. Football might as well stop now because it's never going to get better than that. And if um, if they played out like a goalless draw the other night, we would never have heard this story either. True. We've got Good we've point. got the thing for that. I read I read a stat the other day. I don't know who the player was, but there's been fat, no, there's been three five five draws in the football league in the past yeah. few years, and there was one really? player on the Forest team the other night who's played in all three of them. But I don't know who he is. Fucking hell! I, yeah. Is he the defender? <laughs> I fucking hope not. Because if he is, they ought to sack him now. And also, before we move on, now we're doing this remotely from our homes as we do sometimes. Mm. I'm going to reach across. I'm in my. Um, my office, which has got a dartboard in it to the right. I'm going to reach across now. Hopefully not out of shot. Oh, right to hand. You've right got Sabutio. And a real vintage box. Well, I think that's, pre- that's pre-even the era I'm talking about by yeah, the looks of this, it. This, this is about an early 70s, this one. And it's got the stupid cloth pitch in it as well. Yeah, the and cloth it, pitch is ridiculous. I got it from... Now, when I went... My cousins in my cousins in Italy were the ones who got me into it, even though it was an English game. They became obsessed with it because their mum's boyfriend at the time, Graham, he was English, and he got them into it. And when you went over there, they had the best setup I'd ever seen. And what they did was they had a big bit of plasterboard with the pitch yeah. nailed in at each corner, which meant that they oh, never had good. to pack it away. Good. And it was crease-free, and you never had to iron it. Like so that. they were like different level. They yeah. were like hardcore Sabutio. Isn't, isn't Sabutio an Italian word though? Is it not Italian for orgasm? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah, of course it is. That's true. It may have been an Italian who invented it. Some people say Leonardo da Vinci invented <laughs> it like hundreds of years ago, like he invented the helicopter. Right, there's old sketches of his that appear to be yeah. the seed concept of Sabutio. With a dog under the table. 
Yeah, he actually planned for it to always be played. You know what they're like, Italians with weird rituals and traditions. Yeah, In Italy, they'll only play with a dog under the table because if not, they think it brings a curse. It's like a Catholic thing. You know what they're yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. So before we move on, do we know where Pancho from the Flats is these days? If you go to Chiswick High Road in West London mm-hmm. and just hang around outside a cafe, whatever, any part of the high road will do. Right. But to maximise your chances, go like midpoint. Yeah. Um, you will definitely see, if you wait there for long enough, it won't take long, you will see an enormous, enormous man. I mean, like, let me. who can I compare him to in public life? I mean, Mr. Creosote, right? Yeah. But he but with a gigantic face, a face that's about four times the size of Joe Royal's face. Fuck. Um, and and he has the colouring and appearance of probably a Native American. Yeah. He, he he looks like someone you'd bump into if you were going down the Amazon into well, like weird parts of the yeah. Amazon that, that no one had ventured into for centuries. He's got long, flowing black hair. Yeah. Uh, he always wears paint-splattered old tracksuit bottoms. Right. And he strolls up and down the high street, just kind of being the local weird guy. Just being. But when we were kids, he was a fixture in our house. He'd come for lunch every Sunday. His Pancho from the flats, he was our mate. I mean, I could do a whole fucking podcast just on Pancho. One of the funny things he did once was my mum had a... No, 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 no. no. Just quickly, just quickly, just quickly. My mum had a Volkswagen Derby, which was an old Volkswagen that existed only in the 70s and 80s. And when the Beastie Boys got big and everyone was wearing Volkswagen things around their neck, Pancho knocked on the door one day and went, all right, Sam, look at my VW sign. And I went, where did you get that from? because he had it hanging round his neck, freshly snapped up as, the car. As you did then. He went, some car up the road. So oh. I simply stuck my head out the door, and it was just my mum's car, which was packed out front, <laughs> was missing its sign. I said, you fucking idiot, that's our mum's car. You know it's our mum's car. But, oh, sorry. <laughs> we'll, do a, uh, we'll do a Pancho episode, maybe over Christmas or something like that. Mm. <laughs> Jalapeño. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Jalapeño. Uh, we've got our predictions to do, Sam. Five matches yeah. to predict. Uh, uh, results bot is top of the league at the minute, 31 points. I'm on 30 points. You're on 24. Uh, Pancho from the flats, still on zero. No predictions in from him just yet. Now, we've got we've got five matches. Have I picked matches which might not turn out to be home wins? 
Of course not. Why would you I do, do that? You do that. You pick them at random, don't you? Of course you? I do. Uh, first up, Cardiff versus Wolves, which is a Friday night one. We all have a Friday night match. Cardiff versus Wolves. Neil Warnock versus uh, Pancho from the Flats, the Wolves manager. Um, <laughs> <laughs> as he will now be all known. Right, you go first on this one. I'll go first on this one. I think Cardiff are going to sneak out a 1-0 win here. Do you know what? This is really boring, but yeah. I'm going for 1-0. So that's all three of us going for 1-0. Yeah. 1-0. 1-0. Tomorrow, Newcastle United versus your very own West Ham United reeling from the 4-0 defeat against Manchester City last weekend. Can they go to St James's Park and get something? I think it'll be 1-0. You think 1-1. One, one. Um, uh, Newcastle have won their last three now. That can't last forever, can have it? They? Jesus Christ, that's amazing. I didn't yeah. know that. I'm also going to go 1-1, sorry. Okay. And of course, the result's bought 1-0. 1-0. Right. And then it's uh, it's Derby weekend, so we'll look at some derbies as well. Chelsea versus Fulham. Yeah. I'll, um, go, I'll, go, I'll go first on this one. Okay. 3-0 Chelsea. It's Ranieri going back to Stamford Bridge in it, and, you know, he's, he's his bubble's going to burst already. Well, I can't predict the same scoreline as you. Can if you want. Three times in a row. <laughs> so I'm going to... No, but I can't because I've got to try and bloody beat you. Ah, true. So I'm either going to go 2-0 or 4-0. I think I'll go 2-0 to Chelsea. Okay, 2-0 to Chelsea. Uh, and then Sunday, Super Sunday for Derby weekend, Arsenal versus Spurs. Oh. Uh, this is a tough one to predict. Spurs had that amazing and great performance against Chelsea, didn't they? Yeah. And they- I'm going to, because I need to get the points, I need to gamble a little bit mm-hmm. and go go away win. Um, nil, Arsenal nil, Tottenham two. It's a big prediction, it but is. I need it. I am going to go 3-1 to Arsenal. Bloody hell. I think it'll be 2-1. And then Spurs will try and get back into it. Arsenal will go on the break, score a third, 3-1. Very right. precise prediction, that, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, result spot says 1-0. And then Liverpool versus Everton. The Messi derby. <laughs> Purple Aki. <laughs> this means more. This is more than just a football match. This is about This is about local pride. This is life. This is families. <laughs> rent asunder. It's religion. You see that stadium over there? That's our church. <laughs> Apologies to any of our Scouts listeners. We love you all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We're not, you know, pointing the finger at you. This could be about any derby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Liverpool, Everton. Liverpool, Everton. Uh, 2-1. Oh, I'm going to go 2-1. 2-1. Sorry, 2-0. To Liverpool, um, and result spot is going to go one 0 obviously. So we've predicted lots of home wins there, so it could be a really good weekend for result spot. I know. My but- only hope, because I've got to be making up ground on you bastards. Yeah. So my only hope, really, here is that Tottenham win two 0 at Arsenal. Yeah. That's the only way I can make up ground, because the rest of them we're too similar. Yeah. Otherwise, you're fucked. This is it. Sticking with football, the only other thing that I've, I've seen this week, so I haven't seen much of the football, the Champions League's been going on, but I did see Jose Mourinho smashing up a box of drinks after yeah. the, after Fellaini scored the winner against young boys of all fucking teams. 
Now, do you know what it reminded me of? Earlier on, what? I said that the the, the tempo beerlies signalled the beginning of Christmas. Yeah. This Mourinho thing really reminded me. Remember when Arthur Fowler on EastEnders smashed up the Christmas tree? Yeah, because of the Christmas tree money. Because the, the, mm. the Christmas club money. The yeah. Christmas club, yeah. That that reminded me a lot of Mourinho smashing up the drinks. He is becoming more like Arthur Fowler. You're right. They're going to find him in his potting shed at the allotments, yeah. aren't they? He's become more irritable in interviews mm. and all that kind of thing. He's becoming sullen and morose like Arthur Fowler did. He used to spend a lot of time sitting at that table in the dining room, didn't he? With his head in his hands and uh, being uncommunicative. And then eventually yeah. it all just fucking burst out and he smashed up you the Christmas what? tree. But do you know what? Yeah. Think back to what happened. You've triggered something in me here. Sorry. Everyone always says <laughs> that... Every, no, it's not to do with my father abandoning me. It's more to do... <laughs> where everyone always says, oh, do you remember when Arthur Fowler nicked the Christmas club money and went mad? Yeah. But the truth is, he didn't nick the Christmas club money. That's why he went mad. There was a fucking idiot, I can't remember his name, who infiltrated the life of the Fowlers, masquerading as a oh, nice guy. Oh, yeah. But secretly stole the money and then pinned it on Arthur Fowler. Everyone turned on Arthur Fowler and Arthur Fowler started to doubt his own sanity and started to think, maybe I did take it. And that's why he went mad and yeah. stopped shaving, <laughs> which, yeah. of course, is, as we know from Roy of the Rovers, the universal indicator of mental health problems. Yeah, exactly. Right? And... Uh, and um, in fact, there was a bloke whose name I can't remember, but I'm going to Google it straight after this. And the, you, even as a viewer, it was the most masterful EastEnders plotline I'd ever seen. Because mm. even as a viewer, you weren't sure. They didn't reveal it. And you were still not sure. Was it Arthur? Right. Was it, was it someone else? And then they did a big reveal in a final scene of an episode where the bloke who had presented himself as just some kind of local nice guy yeah. who'd been helping the family out... He was at home with his mother, who he lived with, who was elderly and friendly, he cared for, and he put in a VHS tape mm. before our dinner, secretly without mm-hmm. her noticing, right? And it was of um, the lottery results. And he handed her a lottery ticket, which he'd made up himself, right. with the numbers that were being read out on an old show that he'd recorded. Whoa, and he went, hang on. Wow, uh- look, mother, I can't believe it. We've got all five numbers. We're rich. We've won loads of money. And that was his way of demonstrating to his mum why they were about to get a windfall. Whoa, and gonna- then it clicked in your face. And that moment where there's the good guy suddenly revealed, in fact, to be a bad guy, yeah. which we've seen done in lots of films, it was chilling. It was chilling. And it bruised me as an adolescent quite badly. Right, hang on. It met, it, one of those moments where you realise the world can be a dark and ugly place. No. Trust stop, no one. No, no, going to stop you there, Sam. This was about 1986 when this happened. The lottery yeah. didn't begin till about 1993. Okay. Uh, it was it was 93. <laughs> Arthur Fowler went mad in 93. No, I'd didn't. have been 18. No, he didn't. Right. Mate, EastEnders started in 1985. Yeah, Are it, you saying within one year of EastEnders really, starting, yeah, it was Arthur a really, Fowler went mad? It was a really no, early wait. plot line. He'd been years of establishing himself as a nice family man. That was why it was so surprising when all of this happened. I am on Wikipedia right, right now. Stop digging. When did... Stop digging. When you're in a right. deep enough hole, stop digging. Right? Okay. Arthur Fowler, 1987. That's when he stole the lottery? Yeah. The, the, Christmas, the Christmas Club, Club in 1987. Money. Early 1987. Um... 
He was admitted to hospital. Yeah, Christmas Day, nineteen eighty-six. That's when it happened. That's and when he nicked the money. Yeah. Well, this must be another storyline. There was definitely a storyline where a mad person stole from them and then faked a lottery result. Hang on, wait there, wait there. There's more, there's more. Arthur realised he would have to do something to explain the lack of money in the account, uh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, he did take the money. He told them that he got the money from his cousin Doreen, who had emigrated, because he was spending the money on Christmas presents. I don't know what you saw or even dreamt. But Arthur Fowler took the money. This is really weird. And he did 28 days in prison for it as well. Well, I think he went mad again at another point because, <laughs> you know, mental health is a journey. It's not just, it doesn't just happen yeah, then you're over it. You it's with you your whole life. It go away. Exactly. There, there are ups and downs. And there, we'll get to the bottom of this. Someone listening will know. Yes. There was a fucking. Hang on. Yes, it did happen again later on. Willie Roper. A gr- Willie Roper, I knew it was Willie. <laughs> that fucking wanker. What did he do? Wait there, I'm just reading this from Wikipedia. This is 1995. Arthur was yes. the secretary of the allotment committee and started right. to raise money for a new eco-friendly urban garden. Um, right. And he bumped into Willie at a funeral. And Willie took, yeah. a, took a keen interest in Arthur's financial dealings, it says here. Um, blah, blah, blah. Willie, something to do with Willie's senile mother... Uh, desperate to get the funds Told to put her, in a, put her in a nursing home. So he conned Arthur into signing the fund money from the, the allotment into various accounts. And then Willie fucked off with the money. Yes, you're absolutely right. Willie was a grifter, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Well, we were both right. The Christmas Club incident was in the mid-80s. And Willie, the, and there was another thing where Arthur yeah. was framed for stealing money. And, Arthur, and that did send Arthur mad. And he went to prison again and had another mental breakdown. Fucking yeah, so he, he went to Chokey for a black he never done. Yeah. And then he died a few days after getting out of hospital. I don't not, blame not, him. Not hospital. No, he, he, di- he died a few days. At a, and then he died a few days after getting out of prison of a brain yeah. hemorrhage on the allotment. Fuck oh, me. What man. a way to go. That's grim. That Willie killed him, mate. Willie killed and him. That is basically what happened. Yeah. Arthur was a nice family man with a comfortable life who was only trying to do his bit. Yeah. for the community, and uh, someone walks into his life, stole from him, and killed him. That's what stress can do. And I think the lesson is, don't trust anyone, ever. That, that, that's what, yeah. That was my starting position, Pretty and much. I'd stick with it. And right. it's all because of that cunt, Willie Roper. Where's he now? Fuck knows. I He'll don't be know. Back. They Probably brought, in Mexico. They brought Wilmot Brown back a couple of years ago, so they're about to bring Willie Roper back at some point. Have they got the balls to bring back Willie Roper? Well, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see. find out. Uh, that's all we've got time for. Uh, we haven't got time to talk about Knickers the Giant Cow. We can save that on Monday if you want, because I believe you've got a giant cow story you want to share with us, Sam. I do. In fact, while I was telling that long, elaborate story about um, Sabutio, yeah. it may be that you and some of our listeners were expecting a giant cow to enter the story at some point. Yeah, when we were kids, we had this giant cow, and it lived underneath <laughs> the Sabutio stadium, which was our kitchen table. And like when we angered it by being too noisy, it would come out and moo at all of us. <laughs> no, it's a different giant cow well, story, save, but I'll we'll do that on Monday's we'll save episode. save that for Monday. Right, just some quick news without news. Three headlines for, for you. Mark right. them out of ten, please. If you would, Sam. Uh, fed up wife auctions off husband's hopes and dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great headline nine because it it just that's yeah. how a headline should be. It teases it, it you just is. enough. The, the story itself is shit. I'm not even going to tell you what it is, but the headline is. Yeah, well, everything. that's why it's good. Exactly. Good clickbait, that peak news without news. That is second one. Yeah. Drink 
Drink driver tried to pay a drive through McDonald's with sock. <laughs> Ten. <And> finally, <laughs> sticking with fast food for the last one, mum offered sexual favours to takeaway worker in exchange for free fried chicken. Mm, that just seems, yeah, like seven. Well, that, if I had nothing on, that, I'd that pro- give it a go. That probably happens somewhere every weekend, doesn't it? Yeah, somewhere exactly. in Britain. Yeah. People are always doing some things for fried chicken. You know what? If we would next time we do a uh, talk sport or something like that, <laughs> a good, yeah, right, a, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, in the current climate, we might be waiting for a while, but um, they should say uh, we should. That's a good phone in. Like bloke tried to play for takeaway with his sock. What's the weirdest thing you try to pay with? Non financial thing yeah. you've ever tried to pay someone to pay with. And we'll also get Willie Roper on as well and grill him. We'll look, yeah, we'll 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 subject Willie Roper to our own kangaroo court in yeah. our own search for justice. And Pancho from the flats, I can book him no problem. Oh yeah, I don't think he has a mobile phone, but I'll just go down Chiswick High Road and find him. I'm looking forward to the Satans of him appearing on Twitter. If you're down Chiswick High Road as well, you'll also see Louis, the rag and bone man, Casper Delaney's best friend, nice one. whose catchphrase is "Still doing a bit." <laughs> If you right. walk past him in the high street, he just goes, hello, son, still doing a bit, and makes a motion as if pushing a credit card up his nostril. Oh. And he asks this of everyone he sees, even my mum, who, as far as I know, has never done a bit in her whole life, bless her. But he just sort of asks it as a standard thing to anyone he knows. Hello, mate, still doing a bit. And as, as, we, know, a- as we know, your mum just sticks to the Baileys, which is where we came in. And where's a perfect yes. place for us to leave? There you go. So we'll be back on Monday. Uh, thanks for listening, etc., etc. Bye bye. Ta da. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.